If you're going to take the risk of running advertising online, shouldn't you get the benefits of learning from someone who's in the platforms every second of the day? Welcome to BidPixel.com's Marketing Ear Biscuits, the original podcast dedicated to digital advertising run by two Aussie guys who ride around in kangaroo pouches and drink Fosters and 4X beer. Guys, welcome back. Uh, this is middle December 2020. We kind of took a hiatus, a sabbat- sabbatical, because we got too busy on podcasts and vlogs. But we're back now. You know, welcome back to the new year. Welcome with the second podcast for the year. Second it? podcast for the year? No. Uh, May was when we finished okay. the last one. My apologies. Um, so we haven't done them from May. I had James in last week and we had a chat with James, who was our head of sales now at the agency. And today we've got a familiar face back. Dean, how are you? Very good. Thank you, David. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking, mate. Um, Dean, today I want to talk about a bit of a bugbear of our agencies. Uh, we just played footsies under the table. <laughs> it was romantic. Um a bit of a bugbear of the agency, but also something that you're a little bit passionate about and you wrote us a lead magnet about it and I want to hear your opinion on it. Um, it's the top two questions that we are asking and that I think everyone needs to ask if they're going to work with an agency to run their ads or their creative or anything. You know, if you're going to pay an agency, what are those two questions, mate? Yeah, there are sharks in the water out there with the agencies. Not a very, not a super ethical space to be in. But there are some things that you can ask to kind of bring to the surface whether an agency is any good or not. And hopefully they won't lie about these things. The two questions are, um, how many potential clients do you turn away? And what is your churn rate? So just to go into that a bit. um, If an agency was to take aboard every client that approached them, um, a lot of those clients wouldn't be the best decision like for those clients it wouldn't be the best decision to approach an agency and they don't know that the agency knows that like if a client isn't set up for like if their website doesn't convert maybe their product is just rubbish in the first place you know if if they're just starting out they don't know all this um if their business is at a spot it's just not going to work yet regardless of how much traffic goes to the site um there are some agencies which will say, okay, this this obviously isn't going to work, but hey, they're going to pay us. To Cha-ching, cash there. in the door. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of agencies out there with that with that business model, aren't, aren't there? They can say, well, we did our job. We sent all the traffic to your store. Yeah, like time and time again, we're seeing other agencies, freelancers, et cetera, just taking on anyone who comes across their path, right? And it's usually the same thing happens. In three to six months when the contract's up or when the agency's starting to get a bit of pressure on them, it's always like, there's always an excuse. It's like, oh, it's, we're sending traffic, but it's not converting. It's your problem. It's your website or it's your problem. It's your products or the, it's the product to market fit. And 99.9% of the time, all those things were the same from when the agency signed them. And I think one of the big things is how many potential customers do you turn away is that whole fact on if you don't think you can get someone results, if you don't think that their conversion rate's high enough, if you don't think their website's good enough, if you don't think their product to market fits good enough, let these people know that. Let Like if you're in that situation, you'd want to hear an agency tell you that, oh, I don't think you're converting, your website's converting well enough, maybe go away and make these changes and then come back to us and we'll reassess. Or if you're looking to bring a product to the market, you've got this fantastic idea that's, you know, you've gone and got all the IP secured on it and you go to an agency and they go, yeah, yeah, we love that idea. It's going to be amazing. And they're 
BSing you, what happens when you spend all that time taking that product to market, but the market's not actually there for the product or the market's not ready for that product? You know, will your agency say no to you if they don't think it's going to work or are they just going to take your money and run? Hmm. So if an agency is trying to, trying to woo you, question number one, hey, how many of us potential clients do you turn away? Cool. If you hear them squirm, get worried. If they don't give you an answer, get worried. And how many potential clients do we turn away? Dave? Uh, it'd be over 50% of people. Now, that's been a little bit tricky for us. So I'll, I'm going to be completely honest here. We've grown the sales team in the last couple of months. There's four people on the sales team, including myself now. Back in the day, it was super easy for me, right? I'm taking referrals off customers who are having a really good time with us. Uh, I'm going out to brands that we know who have known me through different areas of my sort of business life. Uh, we're looking internally through our team for different businesses. And it's very easy to find customers that's going to be successful. Now that we've kind of turned the heat up on the sales process, we would say no to as many people as we say yes to. The inbound leads that come in, uh, we would say no to 50% of them because we purely don't think they're ready to advertise yet. But we leave them better off for having contacted us, right? So we're going to give them information. We're going to give them some advice on what they can do. And you know, I've kind of always challenged the sales team is if you're going to have a strategy call, that's agency land for we're going to try and get your business. If you're going to have a strategy call for with an agency, make sure they can give you at least three pieces of information that leave you better off for having that time spent with them. Mm. So 50%, mate, that was the answer to your question. And what would you say is a worrying percentage? 0%. What about like 10%? I mean, most of the agency peers that I see, and I'm not talking about anyone in particular, but 10%, saying no to 10% of people is like being captain of the B team, in my opinion. Like there has to be a level of niche about what an agency does, or there has to be a level of ethics about what an agency does. If we're primarily focused on e-commerce stores and we only want to run ads for e-commerce stores, if a landscape supply business comes across our path, it's not ethical for us to say yes to them because it's not our niche and it's not what we're good at. Mm. You get those agencies that are jack of all trades and usually they're master of none, right? Is that yeah. an answer? Yeah. 10% yeah. is not good? What would you say, mate? Well, I've said about 30% in my in the document. Um, any, anything below that is a worry. So, if an agency says no to about 30% of the leads or the sales inquiries that it has, that's a pretty healthy number that you know that they have some ethics, some morals, and they kind of know how to stick into their lane. Mm. Cool. Mm. All right. So, the second question you had was, what is your churn rate, Mr. Agency? Churn rate sounds like, oh, I don't like the word churn. It's like when your stomach churns, it sounds like you're, you're vomiting up the client. My stomach churns when I lose a client. <laughs> <laughs> churn rate means... Well, when a client churns, they leave. They're leaving. What's your leave rate? How many of your clients leave? Bottom line is if a client leaves, they're not happy with the agency yep. like for whatever reason. Either they, the agency wasn't getting the results. Um, maybe they were getting the results, but the client was unhappy with the communication. Um, yeah, I guess that'd be the main two reasons. Bottom line, if a client churns, they're not happy. Yep. So, when you ask an agency, what's your churn rate? how many clients have churned is going to be a pretty good indication of how good they are. All right. So, I think that needs to go to the next level. And let's discuss what our churn rate is or how we measure our churn rate. And honestly, when Liam and I founded BidPixel, our churn rate statistic was always going to be based on what percentage of our monthly revenue do we lose that month in clients that off board or stop working with us. Now, 
the reasons why a client, uh, you may stop working with someone would be obviously results is going to be a big thing. If you're just not getting the results and you're spending more than you're making, that's a legitimate reason to churn from, from spending good money with an agency. One of the other reasons that we're finding commonly at the moment is lack of communication. People are getting sick of zero communication or not enough communication from their agency or freelancer in the, the advertising space specifically is what I'm referring to. They are they might be getting the results, but if they're not getting the communication and part of that communication is that expert advice or that expert nudging them to tell them what they could be doing better or what they should do differently, that can be a reason for churning, like not, not communicating with the customer. Um, one of the things that we find often is we're getting in a crowded space. Like four or five years ago when we started niching into just Facebook ads, we were one of the only in Australia that said and put our hand up and said, we only want to be running Facebook ads for people. Now, Every man and his dog is running Facebook ads for people now. And we're finding that we're not the cheapest in the marketplace. Uh, we don't speak the loudest in the marketplace. And there is this bright and shiny syndrome where sometimes you will have a churn rate because someone else has sold them on the dream or someone else has sold them on a better result or someone else has come along and offered them additional services for the same fee or there's multitude of different ways, right? At the end of the day, it's churn if yeah, we haven't delighted customers enough and they choose to leave us, that's fair game, right? Mm. Um, if we're not getting results for a customer, fair game. Our churn rate, we set the KPI for, well, Jay and your team is 7% each month. So every single month, maximum of 7% of our revenue can be lost by a customer leaving us. Mm -hmm. Now, the offset of that, which we can talk about in another episode, is how much revenue is gained, but we only ever want to lose 7% of our revenue each month from customers discontinuing working with us. Now, other agencies, substantially higher, right? The, the, uh, there's one agency coach, uh, she's from New Zealand, I won't name her name. Um, <laughs> she went to market saying that a 30% churn rate is okay each month in your business, right? So if you're an agency and you're losing 30% of your revenue every single <laughs> month, you've got it pretty crappy business model to be honest like any businesses you're losing and having to try and replace 30 percent of your profit every single month you've got a bad model there yeah not to mention if you are losing 30 percent of your business you mustn't be doing a very good job well like that's that kind of your like, clients to so like leave. this podcast when we do it appeals to two people right people who want to run an agency and people who are looking to run an agency but also mainly we put it out for our potential customers and our current customers right and you if you ask a potential agency, what your churn rate is, and they tell you that they're losing like 30% of their business every month, like what the heck is going on within that agency? Are they not good at what they do? Do they not communicate? Like, is the product market fit for what they're pitching for not right? Um, I reckon that's a really important question. And if someone doesn't want to answer that, that's a pretty big alarming sign for me. Mm. So, yeah, I guess when we put those two together, if you've got a... a Agency with a turns away zero clients and has a high churn rate. Pretty sure they've got a churn and burn business model. Let's take their money. Don't care if they leave because there's going to be plenty more clients. Yep. Um, if you've got an agency who does turn away a lot of potential clients and still has a, a high churn rate, you know, at least, you know, they're trying. Their heart's in the right spot. They're trying to only take on the, the, the good clients. They're just not quite getting there with their results just yet if you got what um high percentage of clients you turn away low churn rate 
<clears throat> us. Um, you got an agency which is, <laughs> I want one too. Um, you got an agency which is on the right track. Um, so a note here that Brafie, marketing manager of BidPixel told us, if we're doing something that you can't see on the podcast, because we've got a camera here for those that oh. listen to us on the podcast, if we do something that you can't see on the camera, we need to tell the podcast what we're doing. So, ching. Like we're trying to get that one of those little sparkly things on our teeth, like a used car salesman being really cheesy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's going to look really silly if Brophy actually can't get those, get that put together. I've got all faith in Ivan and Brophy that they can yeah. pull that together, right? Let's do it one more time just for the camera. Ready? Three, two, one. Awesome. <laughs> um, all right. So extremely good lead magnet. It's going to be in the description below so you can just have a read of it. It's... Um, an honest approach to asking an agency if you're going to be genuinely a good fit for them. Ask me, ask James, ask any of our sales team, ask, you know, talk to three agencies before or more before you actually commit to using one, but ask them those two questions simply and get an understanding of how they do business themselves. Cool. Awesome, mate. Changing tact, I want to talk to you about what you're exceptionally good at. Could be so many things, Dave. (laughs) Um, mountain biking. Mountain biking. Let's talk about mountain biking. No, <laughs> mate, let's talk about another thing that agencies sometimes do, which I've got a personal gripe with, but I want you to educate me on this. So let's have a talk about Google Ads specifically. Uh, I believe it's pronounced uh, Google A. Google A. Let's Google talk about Michael Google. Buble. Let's talk about Google A and it's specifically search Google A's. Um, <laughs> no, let's just call it Google. I can't do this. Let's talk about search ads for Google and in particular, branded search campaigns. So a branded yes. search campaign is, say, web bid pixel using the keyword bid pixel, writing ad content in Google ads on a search result for bid pixel so that when someone types in bid pixel, you get the number one paid position on a Google ad search result. Yay or nay, why or please educate me on this. Oh, definitely yay. And it's funny that this is even a question. People often do ask why Why would I run a branded search campaign when I'm going to probably come up in the organic results anyway when people search for a business name. So there's three, from where I sit, there's three main reasons. Um, mainly, you get to choose the message. If you're relying on your organic results, uh, Google's going to scrape your site according to what people search. You're going to get little out of context stuff taken from your website. But you could do your markup for an organic result to say what you want. Oh, no, not always. I mean, sure, you can put in the metadata um, as best you can to to tweak that as best you can, but it's not always going to work that way if people search something that happens to be, you know, in the middle of a paragraph in your site somewhere, Google's going to get a snippet from that paragraph and it'll be relevant to what someone searched, but they'll have this little out of context sentence. Could be, could say anything, you know, you're kind of taking a bit of a gamble there. Um, when you run paid search ads, you get to choose the exact message. Um, I won't get into running dynamic ads versus um, text ads, but bottom line, you get to- Let's get into it another time because I want to know. So the reason why I'm asking is, I'm not a fan of branded search ads <gasps> and you've just contradicted me. So it's about to be a, a fight, right? Only on reason one as well of three. All right. So the reason one, you can choose what you want to say. It can be seasonal. It can be timely. It can be, you can use the wording that you want to use. You can do structured markup. You can put your site links that you want on there. Am I stealing your extra points or? I don't know. 
So you can you can portray how you want to portray at that given point of time. Whereas a, an organic search, I do disagree on you on what content you can write there because you can say what you want there. But an organic search is somewhat stale, stagnant, and you don't have a hundred percent control on it. I'll mm. give you that. What was point two? Well, let me let me jump to point three because it's kind of relevant to what you're saying. I probably I didn't even need to say that, did I? I could have just pretended this was point, <laughs> point two, two all along. Um, <laughs> your organic results are always going to be below, not always, the majority of the time, they're going to be below two paid results. Yes. Um, so right there, you're giving away top spot. Um, but what if you're the, one of the top paid well, results? You would hope that you are. Um, of course, it's not guaranteed. Let's say you have a, especially for super generic, like business names, like Gold Coast Garden Beds. Anyone's. If you need a garden bed, by the way, that's Dean's side business. Gold Coast Garden Beds. Oh. Um, I think there's half naked pictures of him on oh, there. <laughs> Go check it out. Just trust me. I chose that business name back before I knew anything about Google and optimization and all that SEO. Um, you know, anyone searching Gold Coast Garden Beds, if I didn't have a branded search campaign, every man and his dog selling garden beds on the Gold Coast is going to get. Um, you know, paid search results. Yeah, sure. In, I, I, in that space, unless I have an exact match. Yeah, but you've you've chosen that business name because you wanted the the keyword density for organic search results yeah. back in the day, right? And yeah. you might be ranking fairly well organically. Um, I get that, right? So if you've got a fairly generic business name, you are going to have competition. What if your business name is Bid Pixel, which Bid Pixel B I D by the way, not B I G. <laughs> um, internal joke. Pig schnitzel. Um, we are possibly going to change our name this year. Um, so, what if you're Bid Pixel and you're doing a branded keyword search or branded ad for Bid Pixel, and you know you're uh, there's only probably one time you're going to have someone out rank you organically for your brand name like that, and it's if someone's actually bidding against your brand name. Right? No, there's that, and there's another time when if someone types Bid Pixel advertising, Bid Pixel Google ads. You know, as soon as Google ads is written into or Facebook course, ads right. is in the thing, every agency's ads are going to be up there unless we are bidding on the keyword bid pixel. Um, we're the only ones who are, well, not the only ones, obviously, if other people are bidding on it, we're the only ones who, whose um, URL is going to match that. We're the only ones whose ad copy is going to match that. And we're only anyone's who's um, copy on the website is going to match that. So Google's going to see that. All right. So here's something that you can explain to me because I think I'm getting what you just said, but I want everyone else to understand that is if we just typed in bid pixel as a search term and it came up, sure, you might have an ad, but really people call us bid pixel advertising or bid pixel marketing. And because it's that broader search term with the word advertising or the word marketing, that's when there's a slip up because every man and his dog is optimizing for those keywords, right? Yeah. Perfect. Good explanation. What was the second point? Or have you already said the second point? Well, the point? second point was, of course, the competition. You never know when the competition is going to bid on your keyword, on your business name as the keyword. And um, if they're not doing that already, you want to beat them to it. Yeah, sure. Um, have you got any other points to cover on this one? Um, not on that, no. All right. So, what happens if you do have a competitor bidding on your keyword? Like BidPixel does get their, our, their, our competitors bidding against us. What happens if you find that someone else is bidding against your brand name? Look, you can report it to Google. Chances are nothing's going to happen. 
Um, a lot of the time what we see is it just becomes a bidding war, right? Like you're going to start tussling with someone else and you're probably then going to start bidding against their business name and you're just going to drive the costs up for each other. And years ago, like honestly, I haven't done Google Ads to the, to the extent that you do Google Ads now, but years ago, I would just encourage customers to literally call up their competitor and have a truths. Like I'll stop bidding against your name if you stop bidding against my name. Um, or wipe the floor clean with them and outbid them all, every single time. Mm. If you, if you, again, if you have really generic business names, yeah, like probably, um, yeah. If if someone tried to outbid us with BidPixel or a, a business name that's not an everyday term that you say, they're not going to have a chance because, um, like I was saying before, we're the only ones who can say BidPixel in our. Had copy. Ads, no one else right? is going to say better than BidPixel well, or whatever. So that's, in the- <laughs> that's against terms of service, wouldn't it be? Like you can't, yeah. you're not going to say that. You'd but be- Gold Coast Garden Beds, you're going to have a hell of a time if yeah. you get into a bidding war with someone, right? Yeah. Because you can't tell them to stop. No. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, again, I'm the only one who will hopefully only have those four words in that sequence on the ads, on the website and... You know, if someone wanted to be super clever about it and they specifically wanted to design their site and their ads, especially to outbid Gold Coast Garden Beds, they could. Give them my competition tips here. Bunnings, um, take note. <laughs> Bunnings, oh, man, Bunnings ads are so good. Anyway, don't get me started. Um, yeah. I got a bit of, I got a bit off track there. What were we talking about? Um, so if you've got a generic name, so like if you're just bid pixel and someone's bidding against you, there's some terms of service breaches there that you can start looking into. But if your business name is Gold Coast Garden Beds, man, I'm going to get you to sponsor this. This episode is sponsored <laughs> by Gold Coast but Garden Beds. If you want a garden bed, you know, raised garden bed, if you want a raised garden bed delivered to your home filled with dirt and have tomatoes planted in it, <laughs> Dean's not your man because he's full time working for BidPixel, but you might get his lovely brother Grant to come around and deliver it for you. <laughs> Promise Thanks. will not be honoured. Thanks, Gold Coast Garden Beds, for sponsoring this episode of <laughs> Marketing <laughs> Your Biscuits. Um, so, if you've got a generic business name, yes, there's potential that it's going to be easier for some a competitor to bid against your business name, outbid your business name. Um, what do you do about it? What's the smartest way to get around it? And what's is it impression share ads? Is it just spending more? Is it what do you do? Um, it's not, I guess, we're back to the, do you have a generic business name or do you have a- If it has happened, right? If someone is bidding more than you and getting number one and you don't get number one position. You, you try, um, impression share, target impression share bidding, um, which it's, it's an automated bidding strategy. You just tell Google, I'm going to pay whatever it takes to get this ad at the top. Oh, you know, you can choose either, uh, very top. Um, in the top section or anywhere on the page. Obviously, if you're um, having a bidding war with a competitor, you'd choose the very top. So, but that impression share, you're not asking Google to send people to your website. You're not asking them for leads. You're yeah. not asking them for a specific conversion-related event. You're asking for more impressions and higher Yeah, impressions. that's the thing. It can turn out cheaper um, because that's all you're asking. You're not asking them for a high-quality, you know, to weed out the high-quality you know, active purchases. You're just saying, hey, I want this indiscriminately placed it at the top. Um, I want number one at all costs. I'm prepared to spend, like you're probably going to get it cheaper, but you've got more budget than to do it more often, 24 hours a day, that sort of stuff. But is it almost like a bit of a bully method? Like you can bully your way to number one with an impression share and drive the costs up for that competitor 
hopefully enough that they give up and stop doing it. Mm. Unless they're doing impression chair as well. Who knows? Dude, stop complicating <laughs> this. I'm trying to find a resolution for people. Yes. Um, I wouldn't, if, if that was happening, I would work on, um, you know, your strength here is that you are the actual business, you know. No one can change that. No one else can be you. So put your business name in the ads. Put your business name. Hopefully your business name is already in your URL. Otherwise, what are you doing? Um, put your business name on the, on the landing page that you're directing to. Google will see that. Google will deem your ad to be much more high quality than the person bidding on your business name that isn't written in the ad, isn't written in the URL, isn't written anywhere on their website. Um, and you'll win it that way and you'll if they were to outbid you, they'd be paying five times as more, ten times as, as much um, than you are to get your ad in the same spot. Awesome, mate. We're uh, 25 minutes deep into this now, so let's wrap this what? one up. Um, Brophy wrote me a note here to say, have a strong call to action at the end of the podcast or the end of the video episode. So, Dean, the call to action that I'm going to give them is if you feel like one of your competitors is bidding against your brand name in Google Ads, reach out to us, have a chat with Dean. You might be one of the 50% of people that we say no to, but reach out and let's have a chat and let's see if Dean can just give you those two or three hints that I said you need to look for when you talk to an agency and see if we can get that you out of that situation where you, you're spending good money bidding against your own brand name. Closing remarks, mate. For those not watching the video, Dean just did the little teeth thing again. So, Brophy and Ivan, can you please put that in one more time? <laughs> um, all right. If you like the content, please subscribe. You've watched or listened to it this far through now. So, you possibly genuinely have an interest in listening to my voice and Dean and James and Jay's voices. Subscribe. Hit the little bell notification thing. There should be another little ding there because they'll edit that in. Oh, very have good. You seen how YouTubers do that? They're like... Like us, subscribe to us, and oh, no, that bell. As soon as they start, that, I'm out of there. Yeah, but we're, we're no, doing this at the just... end of it, right? So if someone's listened for long enough, hopefully they've got value out of this, and they're going to be, oh, I want to hear more. We're not doing it at the start. Yeah. That's what Brophy says. Smash to that bell. Smash that bell. Smash like and subscribe. Thank you. Done, mate. Thanks very much. High five. <laughs> Talk to you guys next All time. All right.